All right, and we are live with Lupi Godinez. Lupi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, very excited to speak with you today. Um, before we get started, I do have uh, one question. I saw your Instagram yesterday. Um, what's going on here? And uh, is your training partner, Claire, okay? It looks like um, you've, you've landed one of those uh, power bombs yet again. <laughs> Yeah, it was an underhook kind of hip toast. And uh, yeah, we just, we were having, we were training and we were having lots of fun. And then someone just took the picture. And yeah, we were actually laughing. We thought it was pretty funny. She was flying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love to see, uh, you know, on your Instagram, your training, um, you're always about the business on there. Um, but yeah, that was hilarious to see. Uh, quite the uh, quite the photographer that you have in your uh, in <laughs> training sessions. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I saw your UFC debut. Um, obviously, I was super impressed. Um, you know, I've sent you a bunch of compliments, but um, you know, your strength and conditioning looked uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, I I pretty much had the fight a, a draw. I mean, the the two of you went back and forth. Um, so much I couldn't even call any round for anyone um, I was I was very very impressed um, quite the UFC debut to step up against someone that's you know fought in the UFC um, many many times um, and so I guess when you started to walk out uh, at the UFC Apex they started to tell this story and before uh, the fight even got started I was immediately hooked um, they were talking about um, how you relocated to uh, Canada from Mexico. Um, mm -hmm. And they were talking about that um, it wasn't uh, of your own sort of uh, will or wishes, but um, more of you were uh, essentially uh, forced to evacuate the country. They said that you're, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, um, but you're, they said that your family had sort of been um, uh, threatened by the uh, cartel member. Um, and that your family actually told you you're going on a vacation and, uh, and moved everything. Is, <clears throat> is that all true? And can, can you tell a little bit more about the story? Because I think that aside from fighting, I mean, that in itself is like worth a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah everything is truth, you know. Um, it was really hard. So, you know, I was 14 when we moved, 14 and a bit, when, when, when we moved. And, you know, I had my life, well, you think you have your life there as a teenager, you know, you have your friends, you have, you have your school, you have, you know, it is what you know, right? And yeah, so that happened, of course, um, my daddy didn't want to tell me or and my sisters because we will probably make it very difficult, right? Um, obviously, I don't want to move to a different country, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so he had to tell us something, which that was we went to Disneyland for vacations, right? Um, I didn't even want to leave Mexico to go to Disneyland for vacations because I don't know. It was something I was smelling something, you know. But I was mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking, oh yeah, he's gonna take the the whole family and put us in a different country. Like, who does that, right? <laughs> I know and then uh so okay okay let's go to Disneyland and we get to the airport and all the setting is Vancouver Canada and then I'm like uh excuse me that's not Disneyland right <laughs> and then he's like oh we had to do a stopover something like that he he says something or my mom says something I was like okay fine 
But when I jump in the plane, I can feel something, you know, the energy is not quite there. And I was crying, you know, I think it was five, six hours. I was crying the whole way because I was like, I wasn't sure what was happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, We arrived the next day, the next day, uh, I'm still crying the whole time. The next day I'm like, okay, tell me what's happening, right? Clearly this is not Disneyland, right? Yep. And then um, he's like, well, we, we're moving here. This is our new place. And then he's like, okay. Then of course I cried for so long, like six months straight, maybe a year. And then I was refusing to, you know, I was like, as soon as I am 18 or whatever, I'm out of here, right? Um, yeah, so that's how it happened. And, and, you know, it's been a roller coaster ever since because, you know, it's never easy and we still, we're still working, you know, we're still, you know, going at it, but I'm here, they're doing great. My sisters are great. So I think that's, uh, the best decision that they ever made for sure. So when you arrived in Vancouver, did your parents uh, sort of tell you the, the extent of how they were threatened and why they needed to move? Or did they just say that they wanted to move? I mean, 14 is still, you know, relatively young to, to drop a bomb like that on, you know, a child. Were they, were they honest with you? I mean, it sounds like you had the intuition to say something's not right here. Yeah. Um, they didn't tell me straight up like that, but they just like, it's not safe, like things happen. And then when I was a bit older, like that's when I kind of knew the full story. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much. And had you uh, spoken English before you arrived in Vancouver or did you arrive in Vancouver only knowing uh, Spanish? No, I didn't spoke any English. My parents didn't spoke any English. My sister didn't spoke any English. Uh, we were just, trying like we were just communicating with you know this and that I want that stuff like that um we we show up here and we don't have well I I couldn't work but my my dad didn't have a job my mom didn't have a job no English no school so my dad has been always really um like he's not scared to do things to so to improve his life or you know he has to feed we were we're four four kids plus my mom right so he has to work um he started painting and he's not a handyman he's more like a business kind of thing like selling stuff buying stuff but with no english that's really difficult right so he started like painting you know painting walls painting houses and stuff like that and and he never done that in mexico you know we were um lucky um and then he, they sent him home the the first day of work at lunch time he he came back with his little lunch box you know really upset because he couldn't you know do like painting you know yeah, <laughs> he never done it. not a painter <laughs> yeah he's not a painter and then uh so that happened and exactly that day we went for a walk and, and we were going to businesses or saying like we we clean cars my dad clean cars um me him you know just trying to explain them that we wanted to clean their car and and uh, he needed a job and blah 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 so after walking because we couldn't drive when we first when we first got here we we were just walking um finally someone gave him job and he started working there 
he was just detailing cars. He sell, he sell, he used to sell cars in Mexico too. And uh, here he started cleaning them, right? And then he was doing well. And then he's like, you know, let's, I want to open up my own little thing. So finally, after a few months, he bought a van. He bought vacuum, chemicals, all of that. And then me and him, I will work with him. We will go to houses and knock knock the door and be like, me, him, clean your car. You, you know, we will try to explain it. Some people super nice. Yes, clean my car. Some of them, it was like every two weeks, you know. Um, some of them were just shut the door on their face, like, who the hell, what the hell is happening, right? Yep. Some of them spoke Spanish and he was like, oh my god you speak spanish great you know yeah um so yeah slowly slowly a little by a little bit um he started to you know be more stable and and you know blah blah, blah. now he's back to selling cars cleaning cars he sells everything now he yeah like he doesn't speak 100 percent english but he can defend himself you know he's working for a good company selling and buying cars and cleaning cars and he does everything so he's really good so you know it's just a matter of you know sticking with it and working hard and, and that's yeah. it well it sounds like a lot of the qualities that you would need to like start fighting and continue fighting like you know hard working and um sort of i mean just not giving up right i mean it sounds like he's you know a good role model and a good entrepreneur um that's yeah. amazing so he's your whole family uh, remains in in canada yeah, so Anna and Carla and Mariana, well, Mariana got married. She moved to the States. She has kids, happy woman. Anna and Carla are still here. Uh, they wrestle for SFU, one of the uni universities here. And Anna is representing Canada uh, as a wrestler. Um, yeah, mom and dad working, doing well. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. It sounds like a, a, a relatively happy ending, you know, for uh, a very scary story. That's that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not over yet, but we still had it, right? You still have to be a little careful. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but we still need to work hard for you know to get better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And now that you're in the UFC, I mean, I'm sure that uh, you know the hard work is just beginning in terms of where you want to achieve. I'm sure that you didn't just want to get into the UFC, have a few fights and say, I fought in the UFC. You want to, uh, yeah. I would assume, hold the strawweight championship uh, at some point. Um, how did you get into MMA? And I guess, when did you get into MMA? Was it something that you uh, found in Canada or were you already doing some training in, in Mexico? Yeah, well, since I, since I was a little kid, I always wanted to do WWE. That's what I saw in TV. And, and so I always had it in me, like I wanted to do something like that. But I didn't know it was such a thing like MMA. And my mom put me into judo when I was a little kid. I did really well. I was actually like uh, traveling all over Mexico, competing and, and doing so good. After three months of training, um, yeah, I was doing great. And of course, teenager hits. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm way too cool for judo, right? Yep. Um, so years happens, uh, move here. Then after a few more years, met my boyfriend. And he says, okay, well, you should go back to judo, um, do something, you know, I'm, I'm, you're young, so why waste it, right? 
So sure enough, went back to judo after a couple of months, I started competing again, hurt my knee. Uh, one of my friends says, join judo, jiu-jitsu. Will be easier on the knees. And then, yeah, sure enough, I was doing jiu-jitsu for, for a little bit. Then I saw in TV MMA, that was Ronda Rossi and Carmouche or Misha Tate, don't remember, one of those two, first, one of the first plays, right? I was like, that's what I want to do. That's, that's my thing, right? And sure enough, I told my boyfriend, and he's like, if you want to do that, that's cool and everything, but you had to be in a, in a gym where they do that, and you had to train really hard. Mm-hmm. So I started with my gym right now with Titan. Uh, it was really close to my house, and one of his friends used to go there. So I started there. They didn't have a hope in me because I was really bad. It took me two years until I took a fight, and one year until Ken, my coach, let me spar because I will turn away. I didn't want to get hit. <laughs> like, I'm just doing this, right? And, yeah, it took me, took me a few years. <clears throat> But, you know, after two years, I did my first amateur fight and from there. Mm. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I think most people don't want to get hit, but you were uh, willing to sort of brave the storm. Um, does your boyfriend have a background in MMA? Is that why he was so encouraging for MMA or wants you to be uh, like more active or, or why was he so encouraging? Uh, no, he, he I mean, no, he never fought or, or did anything like that. Uh, but he just wanted me to, you know, if if, if that's what you want to do, you should do it. You know, he would have done the same thing if I did. If I say I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer or I want to, you know, do whatever, he will always, you know, push me to to do things, right? Like, yeah. like support. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that your family and your boyfriend are very proud now. I mean, you have made it to the... The big stage UFC, I mean, it doesn't get uh, any bigger than that. Um, and yeah. I think for a debut, I mean, generally when you debut, you debut against someone else who's a little, you know, less experienced, maybe hasn't fought in the UFC as much. Um, you know, your fight came against Jessica Penne, um, who is a very decorated, has fought for the championship before. Um, what are your sort of thoughts? You know, I mean, you're about like 10 or 11 days out now. Um, since the fight, you've maybe been able to watch the tape and, um, you know, see what, what, what you did well, what you haven't. And, and how, how do you think about, uh, how do you reflect upon that fight? Yeah, um, of course, I mean, you know, my way and, of, and I didn't, I feel like I didn't perform how I should have, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I did a lot of mistakes and that cost me, you know, maybe... Yeah, I, I didn't do enough, I want to say. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what happened. That's not exactly how I fight. Like, I usually, you know, I, I just did a lot of mistakes. That's it. Like, I don't have any other, you know, I, I, I made mistakes. <laughs> well, it certainly, yeah. well, it certainly wasn't a bad performance. I mean, um, the way that you were able to sort of exchange in the clinch with her, um, lift her up numerous times, take her down. Um, and then we're able to, you know, on the feet, I think that, you know, striking was pretty even. I think she threw some more strikes and I think that you threw, um, some heavier strikes that connected, um, when I was looking at sort of significant strikes versus the regular. Um, 
you know, so, I mean, it was, it was really, it was a split decision, but it was, it was really split in terms of, um, you know, sh- the strengths and weaknesses of each of you. Um, Penny seemed like she was able to take her back pretty easily. I don't know if it was, you know, a strategy of you to let her take her back, um, you know, and then when you slammed her down, it seemed uh, that you were very strategically not engaging um, in her guard. Um, was that sort of the game plan was to try to avoid as much jujitsu as you could and keep the fight on the feet? Cause it seemed at times that you could have taken her down, but um, you, you know, allowed her to stand back up and strike more. Yeah. I mean, that was some of the mistakes that I made when I slapped her, like I should have just go at it. And um, I mean, I would have been fine. Uh, but yeah, like it was mostly striking the game plan, but seemed like, like it looked like I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Well, you, you you certainly debuted. I mean, your power, um, you know, and, and your striking. Uh, I'm just curious with uh, with Jessica Penne, obviously being so accomplished, and you probably being aware of her um, before. Um, how difficult was it to step in on? on short notice against her? Um, were you already pretty familiar with what she did well and what You're she did do well? Oh, sorry, I think there you was- You cut a- off over there. I couldn't, yeah, I, couldn't sorry. I think there was a little bit of a lag there. Um, I was just saying, how difficult was it to step in on short notice against Penny? Obviously you probably could find a lot of film on her because she's competed, but um, just to get ready for that skill set that she has did you find that challenging? I know that you've stepped in on short notice in the past and you're accustomed to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, she having fight for, well, she having fought for, for quite a few years. So it's difficult to, you know, to, you know, like if you look at the, the other fights, like, you know, it's been so many years that I'm hoping she's better than that. You know, like I'm, I, I was just hoping like she, she goes way better than that. So. So it's, yeah, it's hard, but mostly I was just focusing on me, you know, like me getting sharper and, and, and better and, you know, trying to do, you know, strength my, my, my things that I'm good at and, you know, just be aware of what she's good at, you know, uh, which is like the clinch and, you know, all of that, which right. clearly I didn't do that good job, I guess, but, but, you know, um, that happen and I'm sure that won't happen again because I actually learned a lot from this fight and um yeah I'm just excited to get back at it as soon as I can or as soon as they give me a fight yeah when I hear uh fighters a lot of them say that there's just nothing like learning inside the octagon and watching their footage afterward I mean you obviously get so much more than that um you know from from training and, and that's where you're able to improve but you're really able to learn um you know inside the octagon I'm just curious. I mean, I know that a lot of your fights have come on short notice, um, but do you think that there would have been a different outcome or you would have done something differently if you had have had uh, a more traditional full camp six or eight weeks to prepare for Jessica Penny? Do you think it would have been different or do you think that um, it would have been much of the same? Yeah, of course it would be a little different. Um, Yeah. But, you know, that's how, that's how it, you know, it, it turned out and yeah. Are, are you excited to uh, be on the stage with the UFC where you will 
um, have longer training camps now, uh, maybe a little bit more time between some fights um, and be able to really uh, scout your opponents? Or um, are you of the mindset that it doesn't really matter? You're always, you know, staying in shape and that you're ready to go next week if they call you. Yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to, you know, stay ready for for um, for fights and stuff. I'm always training. It's just matter of, you know, getting the fight. Mm-hmm. Is the weight cut uh, difficult for you? Because I know you've competed at 125 in the past. Now you're competing at straw weight 115. Um, when you get a short notice opportunity is it hard to cut the weight or do you stay relatively close to 115? Oh, uh, it wasn't like, we were really surprised. It wasn't super hard to make the weight this, this time, um, you know, for, for short notice. It was, a, it was a really, like, it wasn't super easy, but it was like, you know, like manageable. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you have a full camp, it's, it's so easy, right? Like, yeah. it, it just, easier yeah the only time that I have full cambio was with with Vanessa my last my my five before uh penne and yeah it's super super easy mm-hmm. yeah I, I would imagine that you're gonna get uh you know better training camps in the future um it, but it does seem like a lot of fighters are dropping out last minute whether it be COVID or whether it be injury um so there's definitely those opportunities so it, it's it's beneficial to the people that are able to step in and cut the weight nice and easily. Um, you fought in other organizations um, as a professional. Did you notice any like big differences um, between the UFC and fighting in those other organizations? And I mean, more just in terms of like how the fight plays out and obviously, you know, it's more televised and it's more commercialized and, um, you know, was that different or, or was it pretty much the same compared to what you're used to? It's different. Hello, and you Yeah, it's uh, it's very different because like you, you do media the on, on on Wednesday, and that was quite a quite a bit. It was uh, it was really busy. Um, you know, it's super super. I mean, the other organizations they were also professionals, obviously, but like the UFC is just something else. You know, like everything you need. Um, foods are delivered. Um. Yeah, pretty much anything you need, you can just tell them and, um, you know, you will get it. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just, it was different, but the same at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. it was just more, more of everything. Yeah. 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 Media day seems like it would be very difficult when uh, a fighter is, you know, cutting weight. I mean, the, the fact that those two things happen at the same time um, seems pretty difficult. But again, you say your weight cut was you know, okay. Uh, it wasn't, you know, a, a horrific weight cut. Um, um, obviously, I mean, you went the full three rounds. It was uh, pretty much a war. Um, I'm sure that you were, uh, might be cutting out again. Yeah. I think you're back. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how, how soon could fans realistically see you fight again? Obviously, if you have any injuries or soreness, you need to rest up, but um, are you looking to get in there like next month or are you looking to take a couple months off and more, uh, you know, wait until the right matchup comes? Yeah, uh, pretty much I would like to get back in like three or four months. Yeah, that's that's a good time to, to get back at it. 
Do you have uh, like a type of opponent or an opponent in mind um, that you'd like to fight? No, like uh, I said it before, I, I don't pick my opponents, uh, but you know, whoever they give me, who whoever makes sense, you know, I just want to climb the ranks and um, yeah, whoever, I don't, there is so many, there is so many for, uh, fun fights in Stradway for me that, you know, it's, it's pretty much, I want to fight, I want to fight them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's a really talented division. Um, a lot of different specialists and just overall great fighters. Um, obviously, uh, this past weekend, fans came back uh, to the UFC. Um, would you really like your next fight to be in front of fans, or are you okay with the, the UFC Apex? Like, what, what would you prefer? Do you think that it would be uh, more exciting to be in front of fans or, or easier to concentrate when you're, you know, just able to hear your coaches? Oh, I'm okay with either either one I mean I done it I done it with fans and I also done it with uh, with no fans that doesn't bother me at all but you know it's nothing like having you know all those people there and screaming and and, and you know doing all of that that's that's something else but you know what wherever they put me I'm I'm gonna fight yeah it, one of the things that I've seen recently um, not just with straw weights but in general there's really an explosion of female fighters from Mexico. Um, a lot of UFC uh, sign, signees uh, have been uh, of, of Mexican descent, whether they're, um, you know, were uh, sort of second generation or first generation. Um, you know, is, that, um, is, is there anything to that? Do you think that the UFC is uh, like expanding more into, um, you know, the, sort of the the, the Mexico uh, scene or, um, you know, why do you think so many uh, female fighters from Mexico are, are arising right now? Well, I think it's a little bit of two things. One, uh, um, the, the sport is growing in Mexico. Like, more, like I see, I seen, uh, you know, Alexa Grasso and, and her team and they have so many women and, and it's just like amazing that that wasn't there when, when I was in Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really, um, it's really nice to see that, that women are stepping up and, and doing whatever they want to do, you know? I want to fight, they're fighting, I want to do this. So it's nice to see that, that um, you know, women are stepping, stepping up. Um, and also the UFC, um, I think they see a lot of potential and potential, you know, for, for, Latin, for Latin, you know, crowds, we are crazy. Uh, you know, we are very passionate about things. So I think that that likes, that likes, they, they like that. Mm -hmm. uh, also, like, I think then I want to say something about the sport is alive right now because of the Latin people, mm -hmm. you know, as I say, we're really passionate. So yeah, I think that's one of those, those, those two things. Yeah. Well, it's certainly fun to watch, um, you know, fighters come out of more places and see uh, different styles and whatnot. Um, and I think the UFC is definitely trying to expand and the sport of MMA is just is growing. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's definitely not mature like other sports where, you know, baseball or basketball or football uh, in the United States are sort of, you know, have have expanded to where they're going to be. Uh, I think the MMA continues to grow. Um, I was even hearing Dana White talk about 
um, you know, like uh, putting some training facilities together in Africa and other places. So uh, places that have never seen MMA before um, are going to see it soon. Um, you've competed at 125, you competed at 115. Uh, I'm just curious, um, how fixated are you on straw weight? Um, would you consider moving up for a 125 fight or two or, or eventually moving into that division? Or are you really content with where you're at at 115? Uh, well, I started at 125 just because um, I, was, I was younger and it wasn't really necessary to make the 115 like yet not to put my body through that in amateur career right you always want to save that for later but we were having the experience and the you know like that experience to be fighting um yeah 120 115 is my weight class for sure 125 um you know i, I will take like if, if the ufc needs me to take a 125 fight or, or if that was your opening to get in the ufc I'll take it, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for now being the 120, uh, 115 and, you know, once I'm the champ, you know, if, if, if I want to have a second belt or, or, you know, something like that, I will be opening for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, 115 is my home. Okay. Um, and in terms of competing, how much do you mind sharing how much weight you actually have to cut uh like when you get to fight week um like a week out from the fight do you have to like I, i've heard of some really extreme weight cuts i've heard of some people that really don't cut much weight at all a few pounds um do you have to cut like 5 10 15 pounds yeah uh i mean depends like with vanessa fight since i had a full camp i did five pounds of water like you know just water which that's you know perfect that's that's what, what, what we like. Mm -hmm. uh, but the short notice fight, I did like seven or eight pounds, something like that, which is not horrible, terrible, but um, it's always, you know, hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've followed a lot of fighters that have said, you know, like, oh, just made weight, you know, 30 minutes ago and have put on 11 pounds. And that's crazy to me that, you know, and they're not even done putting back the weight, so... Um, uh, one other question that I had, uh, with UFC 261, um, happening was, so obviously your division changed, uh, the division changed hands. Oh, sorry. I think it cut out one more time. Um, the, so at UFC 261, um, the, the division that you changed in, uh, that you compete in changed hands, um, from Weili Zhang to Rose Namunez. Um, were you able to watch that fight uh, when it happened? And um, what was sort of your, you know, your takeaway from that? Obviously, it was, you know, pretty short fight. Um, but, you know, what, what did you uh, see? I go to train with Rose when I was in Denver before my fight. Um, I, I go the opportunity to have three rounds with her uh, to spar. And I knew she was going to win, you know, just by like the way she moves, you know, the way, like she's really, she's a really smart fighter. Uh, so I was like, she's gonna win. And when I saw that on Saturday, oh, I pretty much tear up a little bit because I don't know, it's so, so good, you know, so good to see. And, and she's a great person and 
and she deserves it and and yeah so i was super super happy for her yeah no she definitely has cemented her legacy uh ufc hall of fame and a whole lot more um i didn't see the fight ending that quickly um i thought that rose might win but um you know like i i thought it would go you know similar to the uh joanna and zhang fight where you know, it's like this all-out war for five rounds. I did not see it, uh, you know, stopping before the first round. So, um, yeah, congrats to Rose. And obviously, I'm sure that gives, um, you know, you some motivation seeing a, a new champion and seeing, uh, you know, the level that Rose is at and wanting to hold that belt someday. Um, so aside from uh, fighter questions, there's a couple questions that, like, I always want to ask, uh, like, athletes. Um I look at your Instagram and I see that um, there is, you know, it's, it's pretty much all MMA, um, which leads me to ask uh, what outside of MMA, when you're not training, um, what hobbies, you know, do you have, what, what do you like to do? You know, I'm not very, uh, very fan of that question for one thing. I <laughs> very much I'm training. If not, I'm home resting, you know, hanging out with my boyfriend, my dog, but like the things that I like to do is be with my dog, with my boyfriend and with my family, you know, I just love hanging out with them and, you know, whatever, if we go over, if we go over to their place and have dinner and enjoy quality time and, you know, stuff like that. If we go to a restaurant, not right now, but, you know, that's usually, um, you know, of course in summertime we can go, you know, to the lake or places like that. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much it's just training and, and you know, being being home. Mm. And, and when you don't have a fight coming up, um, what is sort of, what's your favorite meal? Um, you know, probably uh, you don't get to enjoy it as much when you're, you know, uh, preparing for a fight, but um, when you're able to sort of relax, um, what is your, what's your favorite meal? Oh, I like so many, but I'm going to go with pizza and, and, like sweets, you know, I love sweets. That's very funny. I was, uh, I was just speaking with Austin Hubbard, um, UFC lightweight, and he was saying the exact same thing. He said, um, you know, like pizza and uh, bakery goods, like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a common theme amongst, amongst fighters, evidently. Um, and then, you know, I know you've traveled, obviously uh, lived in Mexico, lived in Canada, um, spent some time in Denver. Um, if you were to, uh, you know, uh, sort of stop fighting and be able to settle down and um, pick a destination that you haven't lived in uh, to go and live in, where would you choose anywhere, anywhere in the world? What would be your, uh, where would you drop that pin? Oh, so many great places. Um, I want to go with in a beach in a beach place nice and calm I have to go with that just because I love I love my culture you know and we have so many great places and I haven't even you know I haven't even traveled inside Mexico that much so I think I should you know travel around my own country and, and get to know more places before I get to go somewhere else sure. yeah well, there's no, no shortage of, uh, of nice beaches in Mexico, right? That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, great. Well, I am very excited uh, for your next fight. I hope that you uh, have you know, an announcement soon that you're going to be competing this summer. 
Um, and I thank you so much for, for coming on and, uh, and giving us an interview. No, thank you very much. Thanks, Loopy.